Hello everyone and welcome back to the 343 Football Podcast. It's your host Jaffa and joining me again is the wonderful supporting cast of Ali. Hi. Daoud. Yep. And Qudama. Hello. Now, over the last couple of podcasts, it's mainly been club football, there's been a lot of hectic fixtures. It's going to be a bit of a slower one this week with the international break. And uh, we're not going to dive too much into the results, the same what happened on last week. You know, um, on brand for England, comfortably beat the Irish, couldn't beat the quality team in Belgium. Off-brand for Scotland, qualified for an international tournament for the first time in 20 years. I think the last time they were at an international tournament, Michael Owen hadn't even won his Ballon d'Or yet. So mm-hmm. it's, it has been quite some time for them. And uh, we've also got a full f- uh, the full fixture list is now complete for the Euro 2020 group stage. So we'll talk about that at some point. But um, given that it's international week, we're just going to take it a little bit more of a, a trip down memory lane for you know the World Cups we've all seen and the Euros and international tournaments. I think the first one that we might want to dive into today is... Um, I want to get your takes on who is the best international team and why. And when I say best, uh, you can talk about current if you like. That's not a problem. But I'm also interested in just kind of your historical perception of the best international team. And uh, I'll come to you first, Ali, on this one. Now, in, in over the years watching international football, which team would you say that's it? They are the best. They are the bee's knees. Watching it and obviously hearing about it, it's two different things. I would go with Spain, but I think Brazil between 1994 and 2002 is the best. Yeah, I mean, I'll press you on Spain because I'm sure that's probably the team you've watched more considering Brazil yeah. is more like the folklore, isn't it, of football. Uh, so well, in terms of Spain, why are they the best? What, what is it about them that you really like? It was domination for four years. Which they Spain, were, though? Which, which Spain side? 2008 to 2012. Whichever Spain side, you filthy animal. Yeah. 2008-2012 <laughs> was unprecedented, man. I mean, how many other Come teams on. have actually won that many trophies back to yeah, back internationally. Is it, is it true that they are the only team to have won Euros, World Cup Euros consecutively? No other nation has done that. Not that I know of, no. I don't only Spain's so, yeah, done yeah. that. But there was like, uh, when you talk about the Spain 20 to 20, so it's not a static team with the same style across the whole way, right? Because, well, for one, they had a different manager in 2008 with Luis Aragones and then Del Bosque took yeah. over, didn't he? And then won the World Cup and then the next Euros himself. Yeah, of course. It's just not only that, though. If you look at the actual quality within the team, you know, there is... In midfield, Busquets, you had Alonso, you had Iniesta, you had Xavi, you had Mikel Arteta, which could have broken into the team at the time I, as well. I don't remember Arteta much in the Spanish colours, I'm not going to lie. No, but you couldn't break into it for that reason. Oh, sorry, yeah. For the quality yeah. they had, you couldn't even break into it. That's true, yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. I think it was like, um, I don't know if it's happened throughout history before, but it was almost like what you see now in Germany with Bayern Munich, where a lot of the German national team are also on Bayern Munich. It was the first model for that where the team was just dominated by two, two of the Spanish giants in Barcelona and uh, Real Madrid. And a lot of people were saying, is that the, like, the reason behind their success where a lot of the players that played internationally would also go back on the same plane together and play week in, week out with each other. So that chemistry was there. You could see it. They just they were like playing on a different like uh, wavelength to everyone else in those international tournaments. It almost looked like a club team playing at international football. Yeah, they were, they were way too comfortable with each other when they compared with other other national teams. Yeah, because it's, it's one thing to talk about the bulk of it being Barcelona and Real Madrid, but it was actually the Barcelona and Real Madrid players that would work so well together as on an international duty. Like, and the funny thing is they had the feistiest derbies yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. So how that how could they put that to one side and do the best for the country? It's pretty interesting, especially when you consider other, that yeah. Barcelona and the, their relationship to Spain isn't so strong, you know, the whole Catalan history. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's quite interesting that that didn't play a part as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think another big point is uh, Spain's uh, reserve team and subs bench were all first-team players for their respective clubs and they could easily have slotted into 
England's first team easily. You could probably could replace every single player, bar a few. Um, I think at the time Wayne Rooney. Uh, did he did he break his metatarsal in that uh, tournament in 2008? I think every England striker broke their metatarsal before a World Cup. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I, think just, I think that's a rite of passage for an England yeah. striker. If, if the World Cup's coming up, would, you break would, any metatarsal. Would you have um, Iniesta over Steven Gerrard or Xavi over Steven Gerrard? I think that midfield three was the best midfield yes. of all time. Yeah, Spanish midfield three have to stick the together. Xavi, Iniesta and Fabregas. Fabgas is another one. Yeah, Fab- one yeah, yeah but he was well, one. He one played lot. Been shit, he played loads. Yeah. But it wasn't just like the uh, individual quality of the team. Like their style of play at the time, Tiki Taka, you know, it was dominating the, the headlines. No one knew how to counter it. Teams were just being suffocated. And that was also uh, another like byproduct of having that club. But- yeah, uh, I mean chemistry come through. When you talk about the style, though, do you guys not think that they were a bit boring, Spain? Yes, they were the best, but could you could you also fairly attribute there them as a, a boring one team? Nil, one nil wins. Yeah, I do agree with that. What so I actually wanted to put put across is could Guardiola have something to do with that? Because straight after Spain won, um, Germany won a World Cup. Yeah, that's true. Then. Look how well England did in 2018 when they completely But stylistically, Guardiola, Germany yeah. weren't the same as Spain, were they? Uh, it, it didn't really feel like it's possession-oriented. No, but no, I think yeah. Germany evolved a bit more, though. Do you not yeah. think that? No, no, I do. I, I think to say that Guardiola, like when you talk about Tiki Taka, Guardiola himself isn't a static style, is it? Because the football he played at Barcelona and the football he played at Bayern and Man City, there, there's a lot of different... Uh, yeah. Differences, sorry. Yeah. A lot of intricate differences on that one. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really think that... I, I agree with you what you're saying, like... Could be the Guardiola effect, but he's been in England for some time now, and the England national team they haven't had their moment. Well, first semi-final, so, semi-finals, yeah. I don't know. But I don't know how much they it, can it attribute really that wasn't, to Guardiola. Yeah, I think when you look, when you say first semi-final, but they really didn't play like Guardiola team. Five at the back, first of yeah, all. Yeah, definitely. Heavily relying on set pieces and. Uh, Kane's calf being yeah. in the right place to don't deflect forget, the shot. Don't forget the love train. <laughs> the love train was the only thing that was working for England at that time. It, it was perfect for corners. Yeah. I mean, after Harry Kane on corners uh, in the Euros, I mean, semi-final. Uh, Roy Hodgson. Can we put some respect on... I'm just going to put some respect on Roy Hodgson's name right now before you slander him. Because I like him as the a manager. The streets remember I, Roy Hodgson. Now continue like, with your Roy Hodgson <laughs> slander. I like him yeah. as a manager, but Roy Hodgson, who puts Kane on corners? I don't know. I think Gary like, Neville yeah. had a part of that. You do know that. Yeah. Your beautiful Gary Neville, yeah, so, which you love so, so much. Yeah. The thing is, though, Look. you can't you can't question Hodgson because he's just played against Bielsa, who everyone's been phoning over the last few weeks. Four one, easy as. This is the Hodgson, mate. He he thinks he wants to lure you into a trap. I think he's boring, and then he comes out with a four one win. I, I would take Hodgson at Newcastle tomorrow. Well, yeah. I mean, Steve Bruce really? is the one he's replacing. I mean. I'd take Mike Ashley in the dugout just to he, see it. He definitely <laughs> has more of an exotic past compared to all the bland, um, yeah. you know, the championship teams. Yeah, that like Hodgson is very multicultural and multilingual, isn't he? He's, he's not your typical Englishman, I no, would say. No, yeah. he's not. He's outlasted, a, like, even that circle of uh, roundabout managers that came about in the noise in, like, the late 90s with, you know, Sam Allardyce, Pulis, Kirby and stuff. He was there before them and yeah. it shows that he wasn't just your, like, bland English manager because he's outlasted them. shows that he's, like, he's got that... Uh, Ability to adapt, and he's what the oldest manager in the top five leagues. Yeah, I think I think record breaker in, in England, Premier League. I think he was older. He's older now than Ferguson Jeez. was in his last days. I just checked. He started his career um, managerial career in 1976. Yeah. Do you not think you get bored? Where was the motivation to shout at the millions you get every year? Well, yeah, but I mean, but like shouting at the same group. Well, not the same group, but like in the same dressing room atmosphere week in week out I know I think um, what a lot of managers do is have that little um, stint of like doing um, national team management where you get more breaks in between 
your tournaments and stuff and it's it's, uh, it's probably more of a like a secondment job <laughs> a secondment you know, you know what i mean like f- yeah. like a flexi time job I like i don't want to think about football jobs being the same as real life jobs but um just taking it back to the international team i'll give my answer because okay I, I do like the spin answer and that was a good chat for me it's france um and i'm not just talking about one difference because everyone knows that france's b team c team and d team could all probably perform <laughs> respectively at the world cup the, the level of depth they have at the moment is ridiculous. Which France team is this? Is this but 1998? Not just this? 90, Yeah, that period, 1998, you've got the Michel Platini days as well, though. The Zidane days, Lillian Turam. There's, I feel like when you when you look Pierre at France, Henry. there's okay. also entertainment value. He's because a cheater, man. T- France can go from, like, everything is perfect and they're outplaying teams of the park to the most dramatic, shambolic team in the next tournament. Like, um, you know, their 2002 World Cup performance was a bit of a disgrace. 2010 was definitely a disgrace yeah. with their Dominic fallout. Uh, but for me, as a kid watching, you can't look at the way Thierry Henry and Zidane performed in the friendship without falling in love with football. Especially in, um, did, um, I don't know if anyone remembers how well they did at Euro 2004. No, yeah. Where they had yeah. a very heartbreaking game against England. And when I say heartbreaking, I mean for the English, because Engli- <laughs> England were 1-0 up. And, uh, you know, looking like they were going to win and, and, and claim a major victory over the French. And we all know how the uh, kind of, uh, the dynamic between those two nations are uh, as a whole, not just from football. Uh, and then Zidane pulls out uh, an unbelievable bit of magic to bail them out. Two, I think he set up the two goals. Yeah, he, did, no, yeah. he, he assisted uh, or, one and scored the free kick, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, and, yeah, because he set uh, Thierry Henry through for the penalty that he Yeah, took it was two bits yeah. of uh, individual magic that just absolutely flipped the script in about two or three minutes. Yeah, it was. I remember watching that actually, and like still not really understanding what international football was all about. Just understanding that like something mad had happened when all the reactions on TV. But I think Zidane, I, I definitely agree with your point. He's he's in that like fold of players very unique where you watch them and you fall in love with football like they're just so silky on the pitch they like glide over the like the grass you know Zidane Messi Burkamp just loud drop as well in like clips I've seen with them like there's just certain players that seem to have an effortless like they don't put any effort in it seems like they're not putting yeah. effort but everything they do is just like oh, has yeah. a, a magic it's a you know because we're talking about France a je ne sais quoi sort of thing <laughs> where like you can't explain it in like it's the stuff you wish you were able to do when you're playing football effortlessly as well yeah. looking effortlessly that's that's one thing that you could never yeah never yeah. teach someone do you Absolutely. know what I mean I think his that's performance yeah remember his performance against Brazil in the 2006 World Cup probably the most dominant individual performance I've ever seen at international oh yeah I, I keep seeing the clips like uh, where he um, dribbles past all, all the midfield and then sets up um, an over top ball but obviously doesn't yeah. go through but like all the time he was, he was just you know he was just like the number well, 10 for them the question is best team and the, the 98 iteration was much better than the 2006 iteration but I still felt a lot of ache for the 2006 team that didn't manage it and you know with the dramatic final Headbutt in Materazzi. Yeah. I, oh, he, honestly, I, I think that think is, by the guy. way, I, I will tell you that the Zidane headbutt is probably the greatest World Cup moment when you talk about, like, not a goal. I couldn't believe you mentioned that. You really think that? Yeah, I, and, I do. and it shouldn't have been a red because um, the the referee obviously saw some screen that saw, showed a replay uh, of him headbutting. Or he didn't actually see it. So technically, you should have stayed on. He shouldn't have had a red. I don't know. No, about that. I think no, 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 no one's gonna say he didn't no, deserve to stay on. Chest. When I heard what he did, I kept replaying him and be like, "Go on, son, go on." <laughs> <laughs> I only felt that way after the fact when I came out what Matarati said. But I mean, it's still no matter what someone says to you on the pitch, you can't be in a in a final 
for your like your country's watching you. You've got all their expectations on your back, and then you go and let them down by having that. Like, no nah, respect, man. He's, he's protecting but his do, family. He's protecting his family's think, name, man. Because the Dan had already won it, and it was his last game as a professional. He's like, "Fuck this! I'm not having this yeah, guy yeah, yeah. saying this to me. I've won it. These are the lads. They might have a chance in four years' time. Yeah, but yeah. I'm done. I'm going to show this guy." Nah, I, disagree. Disagree. I, I think I think he's a bit guy. surprised, wasn't he? Matarati. He said something in Italian, and then he's like, "Oh shit! Actually, he used to play in Juventus." <laughs> 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 you know what? I actually wanted Italy to win that World Cup as well. So why is that? Just uh, like pizza that much? Nah, I do like pizza. <laughs> I just had some before I came. Nah, um, I was just a big fan of Francesco Totti when I was younger. I okay. really, you know, really how much, to be fair, those mm. two teams had like I feel like the noughties in general just had so many like legends playing on the same team. Like the level of the top players wasn't as high as it is now, but you had a more e- like uh, even spread across did, different uh, teams. Yeah. Did Totti do much in that World Cup though? Because uh, to be honest, with the Italian team, I remember more like Andrea Pirlo, Gattuso, and Fabio Grosso than I remember what Totti. Yeah. No, 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 you're right. But I had a soft spot for Totti. I just I don't know why I just did. Oh, I he stayed in Roma, and part. I just really liked Antonio him. Antonio Totti is the same yeah. similar player to him as well. Yeah, no, I think the way we were just usual, uh, usualizing about Zidane before, I think you can do the same for Totti in terms of what he brought on the pitch. He definitely had that magical quality to him. Yeah. Uh, one of the clips I really like of Totti, and I don't know if anyone's seen it, it's actually after he retired, when he takes an absolute arrow of a free kick in like a Sunday oh, league setup. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I, just, yeah. I love that so much. I, you know what? I love seeing footballers in a context that we've experienced. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Have you not seen Paul Scholes? I know you guys hate Manchester United, but have you not seen the Paul Scholes well, Which uh, tree was clips? it that he hit? Which tree? <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing, man. He still absolutely no, look, plays look, everybody look. out the park right, when look. he plays five. Did he try and fight J- Jabby Alonso got like cheesed off and got sent off for it or something? I don't know, man. Yeah, I love that, man. We're talking about just, just man, general look, playing look, football. Look, let's not talk about Manchester United. No, Nobody but, cares about Manchester yeah, United. We'll, we'll give them, let's we'll go give them back to international break. Let's talk about the best teams ever. Another one. You know how you're saying about that clip of Totti? Has anyone seen that clip of Zidane in training where he first joins Real Madrid? Where he's absolutely schooling all the defenders with his touches. What, in 2005 and again, days? No, no, no. Oh. When he came back as head as a coach. Manager. Oh. Yeah, and he's in hey, training. Wait a minute, you're like, not talking about when he plays against the, the juniors. No, no, no. It's literally in training. It was a first team player. I can't remember who it was. I don't want to say it was Vinicius because I think it was before he joined. I think it might have been Marcelo or someone. And he's just like, again, looking effortless. Like It's like you say um, though, like just casual kick about seeing footballers doing their thing. Especially a retired manager. So it's always fun to see. I think if he if he knew how much money he could have made if he stayed on for a couple more years, he probably yeah. would have. So we've got two more answers. Uh, we need Qudema and Daud's team. So uh, I'll come to you, Qudema, first. No, I think I agree with... Uh, I know Ali said uh, Brazil, but I think it is Spain. It's just, for me, international football is about trophies. Like, it sounds obvious, but in club football, you can have those, like, uh, fun teams that you get to watch and you have a soft spot for, like, Ajax a few seasons ago in the Champions League or, like... Lille, or uh, sorry, not Lille, Montpellier when they won Ligue 1 and stuff. But in international football, only the winners mm. really get remembered. Right. You don't really I'll, remember I'll who's... I'll explain that afterwards. I'll let enough. you finish your no, no. topic and then I'll get yeah. it. Let me explain well, first. Yeah, yeah. No, but, <laughs> but what I'm saying is like international football, does anyone really remember off the top of their head right now who was like the finalist in 94? Yeah, I'm going to mention that with, right now. Who won with alongside... Go on then. Right, it was Brazil and Italy. Went to Pel- yeah. I was going to say it. Bajo, Fair enough. Skied it, yeah. right? So, Famous moment. So let me remind you of this. Brazil, 1994, win it, right? 1998, make the finals. Obviously, terrible incident happened with Ronaldo and Nazario. Yeah. Right? So they lose the finals to the France. They come back as La- Hungry Lions, 2002 World Cup, beat Germany 2-0. Do you not think that's a better success story? Coming back down... And going to win it. I think it's a game? close. It's a close second for me, but I, I genuinely you think. Come from, I think the way Spain went about their business, and like uh, Jeff said at the start, like with different iterations and you know evolving the team, not just after they won the first time, and then when like that 
corp, the core like of that team hit their prime. Yeah, but Brazil won the Copa America as well. You need to remember that's not just about the Euros. That's so true. You, you need to remember that's that. That's true. But you know, I feel like then you look at the quality. Okay. I feel like the Copa America is not as competitive as the Euros. Here's I mean, the here's the caveat though. When Brazil lost seven one, how much damage did that one result do to their st- stature as a team? Man, I'm not talking about that though. I'm talking about when Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Cafu, Roberto Carlos, Dida was in Ronaldo. there. Yeah. This, you know, this is what I'm talking about. I'm not, talk- to- yeah. I'm not talking about Marcelo yeah. messing up or David Luiz thinking he's a pride man for Brazil and there's no name on I'm talking the about... second week in a row with Marcelo Slander, you know, this better not become a theme of the podcast <laughs> I'm telling you guys now. Um, you, your boy's finished, man. He's done. <laughs> Barry done and dusted. No, but I, why I'm mentioning it is because we're talking about these teams as a whole, their overall records, and I really honestly believe that the 7-1 has put a massive dent in the way Brazil is viewed across the world. No, I disagree again. Like... For, like it's like I was saying, trophies are everything in Brazil right now. Is still the most nation with World Cups, and that means something. Like going into a World Cup, no matter what state their squad is in, everyone expects yeah. Brazil to do something to reach far. So yeah, the seven one was very damaging. There's a different aura and around Brazil. They did wasn't do it? some. They did do yeah. some like uh, you know uh, damage control in the 2018 World Cup. They didn't perform that badly. Neymar had a, had a decent uh, tournament. But again, man, just he got f- in touch with yeah. Tom Daly. He just kept on diving, man. That's all I'm saying <laughs> about 2018. Well, no, but see, <laughs> I know, but it was the name when off. you're getting hacked and kicked and stuff. I think it's fair. I mean, he's one of the most fouled players in like the top five leagues statistically. So and he Jack has to take Grealish, the tum- he doesn't do that. I don't know. Jack Grealish has taken some tumbles I've seen like in the Premier League. Oof, I haven't seen as much as Neymar does. Yeah, maybe well, not. Might have Neymar. to get a swimming pool for him. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. But Neymar's better, so he's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. All right, Dowd, uh, your selection for this one? Uh, I'm gonna be. It's gonna be a boring selection if you guys have already picked my team. I, I just, uh, I think it's a Sp- Spain 2008. Oh, Spain two thousand eight. Spain again. No love for the Germans. No one mentioning them. Two thousand twelve. No. Like the um, just look at the the squad depth, man. Like the two thousand eight squad was amazing. Like honestly, the reserve team. I would have every single one. Um, over the England team Which for two thousand eight, like we had Emil Heskey <laughs> up front, man. Oh, Emil Heskey, <laughs> no, that's bro. harsh, man. Heskey was no, classic. Okay, he- Heskey was good, right? Okay, but Darren Bent, yeah. yeah. He, at Gabby, that time, he, he had a twenty-four goal season G- for the Macros, Ag- I believe. Gabby yeah, Agbon come on, man, lads. Yeah, you're, no. you're comparing England to Spain at the wrong these time. These guys were bit part caps as yeah, well. Yeah, Listen, exactly. England didn't even make a Euro two thousand eight. Let's not even talk about England. We're talking about the greatest teams ever, no, right? No, but like England. No, but he's saying he'd have them over England, which is obvious, though. I yeah. think at that point in time, England was very Eng- like no, the golden generation. Started no, no, to no that out, was the last. Out. That was the last um, uh, showing of the golden generation. David Beckham, Frank Lampard, Steven Gerrard. Uh, Wayne Rooney, Michael Carrick was playing. He was really good. Owen Hargreaves was really good at the time. I mean, Theo Walcott at the time was playing amazing football for, for Arsenal. He was like, you know, he was in the groove of things. I mean, we had John Terry in the back. We had Ashley Cole. Yeah. What uh, Rio Ferdinand? Like, England's so, never so been so about a shortcoming of talent. It never yeah. has been. And and even then, half of these players weren't first team regulars that we had in the English in the English so you're first saying team. out of that English squad you'd have none of them in the Spanish squad uh, no I would have probably obviously the ones I've mentioned and you mentioned half the squad <laughs> do you mention both squads by the way you can't win half with half the squad no but I'm saying is in that squad that you've just mentioned that's the same tournament that Spain wins the World Cup so which of the English players would you have in the Spanish team then? or you're say, saying you're, you wouldn't have any of them no I, w- I, w- I wouldn't have um, I would probably I'll probably still stick with the ones I've mentioned of the golden generation, you know, like the Lampard, 
St- um, really? Yeah, Steven Gerrard. You'd have Lampard and Gerrard. I'd take the one who had Aniston. I would have them in the squad. I probably wouldn't start them. There's not enough space for them, though. But that's the thing, though. Like, even the even the reserve squad, I would. I would love to have for England, man. They would be starting up. Yeah. And the, I think the biggest difference is um, when we saw the English teams and what kind of clubs they were playing at and what type of football they were playing, it was very rigid football. It wasn't the same, man. And you, a lot of the players that um, the Spain team could you know, slot in, they knew what they were playing with and how to play that, that tactical setup. Yeah. Whereas you know it wasn't the same. It was like people were on a different wavelength. Um, yeah. And you know, when you've got David Villa, Fernando Torres, Pedro Loriente at the time was really good. Yeah. Uh, he was a, he was a really good um, option to change up how Spain played. Uh, it was just was David Silva part of the World Cup World Cup squad as well? Yeah, he was. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. You know, I did want to mention one point. You said, um, do you not think they were boring? I think. Right now, Tiki Taka is boring, but at the time, and especially for us in our twenties, we'd never seen like the first iterations of like total football, as it were, with Johan mm. Cruyff and his evolution and like that he made at Barcelona. I think back in two thousand and ten, seeing a team play like that and suffocate their opponent, high technical ability, you know, like triangles and all those cliches and playing yeah. in between the lines, I think it was really, really, really exciting to I watch. I think the main point is the word suffocate. It's horrible to watch. When you suffocate somebody Not or suffocate some, something. <laughs> yeah. Not that I've ever seen long, Newcastle do it. But. And it's tireless and, you know, it's very calculated. Yeah, that's what Tiki Taka yeah, I remember was. once watching a Spain match where they were at the height of that and I was thinking, I'm going to watch when the opposition have the ball and I'm going to try and see how did they actually lose it. And it happened so quickly that I couldn't even make the analysis in, in my head. Like, I was like, okay, what? Spain have got it again. Spain have got it again. And yeah. it was just kind of like that. The nearest thing for me was, you know, Argentina 2006 where... They had 56 passes before they oh, scored. Oh, for the Cambiasso goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Raquel May... Um, now, touching on that, uh, I, I want to keep you on that thought because mm-hmm. the next topic is going to be our fa- uh, favourite World Cup moment. So just finish that one and then we'll go into the favourite well, World Cup moment. I wouldn't say that was my favourite World Cup moment. Um, and It depends what... Do you mean the one that you've enjoyed the most? Yeah, or? yeah, just it could be any World Cup that you've seen personally. Or it's your own went criteria. Back, went back and watched the YouTube footage of, it doesn't really matter to me, but... Uh, yeah, anyone wants to go. So there's there's, there's, there's quite a lot. Like obviously that that uh, rings true in my head uh, and that Argentina team, yeah, um, and the way they used to play, and that was a bit tiki taka. They used to suffocate the teams a lot, man. They used to have loads of ball possession. Um, I, even the seven-one uh, Germany Brazil, I watched that. I was so amazed. For me, it's actually two. Um, it's actually the last uh, World Cup. I think we were all we were all together and we were watching it, and. Um, when Kieran Trippier scored the free kick, and I've never had jubilation like that ever. You know that oh, oh, the short lasting though, short lasting. Yeah, it was short lasting. But the other thing was, I remember watching um, the England and Portugal quarterfinals um, in two thousand and four. I remember watching it with my dad, and you know, my dad's not from not from this country, but um, he was so entwined with England at the time. And obviously, all I knew was to watch England. And I remember watching when. Obviously, Wayne Rooney came off um, with a red card because he stamped on Ronaldo and the Ronaldo wink. That's World Cup 2006. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You know, people confuse the two and I, yeah. sometimes I forget as well. Oh, I, sorry. Think, I think it's, they were both yeah. very eventful games, it was, isn't it? Because the, the 2004 one. one is the one that went to extra time in gold and gold decided it, right? Yeah. That was the one? No, so oh, I'm, I'm talking about the one where he had the wink no, see, and then they like, lost the penalties. That was my favourite moment, man. The wink. You yeah. can't beat that wink, though. Well, it was the wink and I was so peed off. Obviously, I loved it. Yeah, 
And then they lost again in penalties. And I, all I, I was so engrossed into the TV. And then I looked behind. My dad's in tears. I was like, what the As hell? a Manchester United <laughs> fan, like, how do you feel? Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a weird it was a weird feeling. Like I'm the not best gonna lie. Uh, the best thing that came because we were school kids at the time, and I remember on mini clip games they made a game out of that. I don't know if anyone played it. Yeah. No. Where you're Rooney and you're chasing Ronaldo, and it's like a, a, the progression gets wow. harder and harder. Uh, Those old yeah. flash games. Yeah, yeah. Played, yeah like that the was Zidane fun. headbutt yeah. for Mat- Matarati. I remember yeah. in IT lessons when you focused on the project, and some kid pulled out the proxy site, and then that's every everyone was playing that game when the teacher was busy <laughs> yeah, doing something else. That. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah. memories back then. No, I wonder what they do now. What that was the like the height now? of that England Portugal rivalry now, and like there's still even a, a, like remnants of it. Even like it's not as high as it was, but the, the, that era of football definitely like there was almost yeah. a new rivalry. Uh, For me, um, my favorite moment. We've touched on the worst moment of that game in the Zidane red card in 2006, but his performance against Brazil, not in the I think it was the quarterfinal France against Brazil, where Zidane just absolutely ran the show, like creativity in the middle, flicks mm-hmm. and tricks. Yeah. And uh, uh, that was for me favorite moment because to see a player at his peak, his last ever few games, and he was still bossing everyone who was in their prime and you know really young. Uh, that is one of the more memorable World Cup performances. I don't know if anyone can top that performance-wise or moment-wise, but Zidane for me in the 2006 against Brazil look fan. Do yourself a favour and watch the highlights of that on YouTube when you can. Oh, I've seen it many a time. I've seen it many a time, and that is the most dominant individual performance anyone can ever have an international. Plus the aesthetic of the World Cup ball back then. I don't yeah. know. I really loved the 2006 really World Cup well, ball. Yeah. No, there was just something different about Zidane. I'm telling you, like, there's a specific category of players that I still don't know how to describe. And like, I wouldn't even. Like, it's not just about talent and like ability. Like Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't. Make, maybe he did when he was younger and he was doing all his tricks. But there's just, I don't know, like technical players, technical wizards that just. Luis Figo's up there as well. Yeah. yeah. Like they have that certain aura about them. So you're like, you like, you just can't explain it. Yeah, it's it's weird. Exactly, there's an aura. That's what it is. Like I remember, like there was a period of time where I was literally just watching Dennis Bergkamp first touch compilations on YouTube. I was like in awe of how he manages <laughs> to to bring a ball down from the sky, and like you just think, like how can anyone do that so effortlessly, looking like they're not even breaking a sweat. Uh, Loki, anybody wants to be popular on YouTube? Second touch compilation. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but for me, the best World Cup moment or favorite. Without a shadow of a doubt, it has to be the seven-one. Seven-one. To see really? the oh. absolute annihilation, yeah. destruction, and just murder of a national team in their own country. Like, you're hosting the World Cup as in itself a massive priv- a privilege. All eyes are on your country, on your team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then here come these German lads, <laughs> not giving an absolute <laughs> flying fuck and decimating you. <laughs> Everyone's seen like these almost pantomime opera style shots of the crowd in tears. Oh, Kids lovely. clutching their parents, what is going on? <laughs> and I remember watching the game because I was uh, actually watching it in like, you know, abroad, like in uh, in those cafes, you know, those like... Just for guys, you know, like shisha bars or whatever. Just for and guys. Anytime I've been, they're always like rowdy, lively. You can't really hear your mate next to you on the table. And I remember like we turned up early because we're like, guys, like this is a massive game. We have to turn up early to get a table next to the good TVs because half of them are like dodgy with like the static showing. And as soon as the goals started coming in, silence. Everyone couldn't believe what they were seeing because Brazil actually has like a really uh, popular following abroad for like because of their success. Yeah. And everyone just couldn't believe what I was doing. And there I was like one of the few people that was just wanted more. Like just yeah, more, yeah. more, uh, more. How <laughs> high can this go? I, I was thinking exactly the same thing. I kept shouting on my dad. My dad went upstairs for like, I don't know, 10 minutes. I was like, 2-0, 3-0, 4-0. I was like, you need to come down. You need to watch yeah, it. I wanted 10. I wanted 15, I wanted man. 10. I, I can't believe they came out and said um, they should have stopped after five. Did you hear that um, from the manager? They were disrespectful and they shouldn't... I think they did, though, didn't they? In the second half, they kind of like they, took oh their foot off oh the pedal. Yeah, yeah they definitely did. It was so apparent. But I think they should have went up to 10. Nah, 100%. I 
I don't know why they stopped. It's uh, a beautiful moment. Bayern Munich didn't stop this time, did they? When he exactly. came to Barcelona. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it's more disrespectful it's to actually slower. stop. To be honest, yeah, yeah that, you're like you're I, not even worth the effort. I agree. I agree. You're not 100%. even worth the effort of scoring a goal. But now that without a doubt, I can't think of any World Cup moment that has like that level of entertainment, shock, and just utter disbelief. Right. It, it, it almost feels like it exists in a different universe. Yeah. I swear down there's yeah, they made them look like the Faroe Islands. They made them look like the Faroe Islands. I swear, man. <laughs> it's like the football equivalent of the Red Wedding to me. That yeah, moment. <laughs> I, there's, there's nothing else I could think of right. like that. Well, my favorite World Cup moment is when David Beckham scored against Argentina in 2002. So uh, from 1998 World Cup, like I said before, seeing him as low points with doing that silly thing with Diego Simeone, getting sent off, getting hated by the whole nation. And I was really young, I didn't know what the heck was going on. And then seeing him go against Argentina and scoring a penalty, which ended 1-0, yeah. I remember him scoring a penalty and grabbing onto the shit. It was a very surprised. redemptive moment yeah. for him, wasn't it? Yeah. That's what I love about football and in, in the World Cup. You, you, you highlight that David Beckham moment, not the... The Euro qualifiers for 2004 That's against not, Greece. We're talking about favourite World Cup moments, though. No, we're talking about favourite international moments. Sorry, in yeah, no, no, yeah. the, the question was favourite World Cup moments. Oh, specific enough. to World yeah. Cup. Yeah, so the qualifiers don't really count. Though. Yeah. For a different tournament, too, bro. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> Come on. Come on, bro. We can if you want. Right. Let's, like uh, inside. let's spin the conversation <laughs> and take it somewhere else. Uh, fav- the most heartbreaking moment in international football. <sighs> now, I'm going to tell you guys mine straight away. And it was when Ghana didn't progress past Uruguay in the 2010 World Cup. Is this the Suarez? Luis Suarez. Now, I'm going to say from now that I actually... Luis Suarez. Thank you for that interlude. I don't. I didn't realise we had the creative licensing for that type of music. There's a window out there if you want to get chucked out, mate. Carry on singing. I actually back completely what Suarez did. And if you put me on the line for my country, I would do even worse than Suarez. I would handball it twice and just throw it out the stadium. Oh my because God. I'm not having that serious? ball going in the goal. Are you being serious? Yes, I 100%. Yeah. Oh my I hate God. him for it and I really feel sorry for Ghana. That's why it's my heartbreaking moment. But I completely back his decision and do the handball I on don't, the line. I don't back his decision. Can we talk all. about Asamojian as well? Putting away the penalty perfectly in the penalty shootout, but absolutely bottling but, uh, it. When the, it pe- come on, when, when yeah, the Suarez, you uh, could have had that striker suspended and you would win the game. And in the end, like the choke from Jean, but the, because the whole theme of the World Cup was all about like Africa's progression as in as a continent, sorry, South Africa with the Bafana Bafana goal with Chabalala at the beginning and the, the iconic commentary, yeah. and you thought, okay, Ghana are the best place team. They've probably got the most quality. Can they be the first African country to make it into the semi-final? And it just kind of ended like that. They were so so close. Yeah, the you Black know, Stars were very unlucky. Yeah, that moment is actually. The second one, because I had like when I was looking at the questions he sent out, I was like that one definitely like came cl- close to being my most heartbreaking moment. It's such an interesting moment as well, like in the history of like of the World Cup. I feel like it could almost be like an anthropological study into like how humans operate, because it's like you say, no one can blame him for what he did, but nah, at the same time, everyone hates him for it. Nah, like, yeah. and you expect that, like the fact that uh, Gian missed the penalty as well, and the, you expect like especially when you're like a kid and we're watching it as like teenagers like you expect there needs to be a balance in the universe someone does something wrong he gets punished for it but no he does the wrong thing <laughs> and he actually gets away with it he gets away with it and then keep, keeps on biting people and being bloody racist to well, them that's what well. makes it so heartbreaking like it just <laughs> yeah. everything worked out for the bad guy like you know we always say like everyone loves a pantomime villain but at that moment like, I everyone love it, hated, man. it I, I, I enjoy I, that I moment, hate Suarez man. I actually hate Suarez I'm not gonna lie like <laughs> I would not do that I wouldn't put my hand for on. your country you wouldn't no, do that I wouldn't do it I would definitely do I it I hell okay. wouldn't do it so you're playing for your country the ball is about to go into the net only you can stop it with your hand what is your post-match interview that you didn't do it what, what, how would you justify your decision just to remember you'll be a hero in your country if it works out what would you tell Jeff Shreves 
No, I, I think I, I think in the long run, being a hero in the country for the wrong reasons, like that wasn't a footballing reason. He's actually won on a foul that really shouldn't have happened and could have been perfectly but it's prevented. But complete, it's a completely a footballing reason. Well, th- this the is, entire reason is football. This is like the big thing now, isn't it? Like, oh, it's a professional foul. Like, do you know what I mean? It's part of the game. I don't know. There's 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 levels and boundaries, and obviously the boundary for me is too Wait, far. He could do that, but Mar- Maradona can't do that for Maradona can't do that. He's a proper prick, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say he wasn't gonna back Maradona if he's not gonna back Suarez. I know he's a, he's a, he's a bigger prick for doing that. I get what you're that. saying though. That like there's a level you're, of sportsmanship. I'll read you that in the qualifiers against the, Ireland. The, the Maradona, by the way, the Maradona one is way worse because he didn't get punished for his, whereas Suarez did. It's just no, that Maradona uh, didn't capitalize. Keeps on coming out with um, he, like you know he backs it up and he, he talks the shit about it as well. So not his fault. The referee didn't catch him. Cheating. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you might as well own it. Why did you come? Out, why would you come out and say, "Yeah, I regret it," and then act all happy when One you reminisce of the World Cup? Biggest moments in history Diego, is defined. Man, great. Is defined by a foul. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's it's for me. It's the it's it's actual. Um, you should be you should be proud of how well you play football. I, I, the team I get plays what you're football. There's a, there's a level of sportsmanship that you as a professional should I mean? like, uphold. Oh, you, for sure. your whole, if, you, if they won the World Cup, oh, you, you won the World Cup because of uh, but then, because of a handball that shouldn't have... Well, let me ask you this then. Yeah, well done. Let me ask you this then. Did he see his other goal in the 1986 World Cup? Yeah, I did. It was quite good. Right. But to, <laughs> to ask you... Uh, okay, so I get what you're saying about the Soros handball, but say, what? how different is it from, say, you're the centre-back... The strikers threw on goal. The only way you can stop him is by literally just like bear tackling him or something. Now you know what it is? It was so apparent. Like you know, sometimes you know, like you have a natural reaction, like, oh shit, like I'm tr- I'm trying to stop everything. I saw that. I saw his eyes, man. It was insidious, man. Of course, it was apparent. It was his only option. It was his only option. option. If Agone and hated him in that moment, but thought, you know what? I could kind of see it. He must. They must have hated Torres with the way he celebrated the penalty miss. Do you remember oh, in the tunnel? Oh God! Yeah. That's that, I loved. That's <laughs> I loved it so much. <laughs> Even more worse, man. Oh my God! It <laughs> was great. No, I, I actually, him. yeah, I, I hate him for doing it, but at the same time, I can't begrudge him. I just one, wonder how many dot boards with Suarez's face have been sold in Ghana. Like that. Can you imagine having the the nation's hate? One man. I wonder yeah, now, even to this day, if he accidentally landed in Ghana by some miracle, like what would happen to him if he just walked down the streets? Oh, it wouldn't end pretty. You know, like um, how you get those uh, creams if you've been bitten by a dog. There's probably one named after Suarez. I'm not even lying. Don't disrespect the guy. He mashes people. Yeah. <laughs> he is, he is. The, that was total bullshit ointment. Going <laughs> 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 to a drugstore near you. Uh, so any other heartbreaking moments, lads? Yeah, uh, uh, Ronaldinho in the World Cup 2002. The filthy guy is lobbing semen. The filthy guy. Yeah, yeah. That that was ridiculous. That yeah. That the last just... World Cup, Croatia knocking uh, England out because I'm like to be honest, I'm not the biggest England fan. I'm much more a fan of my own club than I am the country that I live in. And I think a lot of people are like in England for some reason. There's not that much like patriotism when it comes to the national team. But something about that summer. Like everything was like the vibe was just right, and everyone like the weather was good. And we were playing good football. We were playing good football. We we're making it far. I know, like no, the love let's train not look was at the bracket. The blue wheres caught out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's the, not look at the bracket. England was that, in, though, but it was heartbreaking. But I just I don't think England had enough about them, and I think uh, no, France no. would have obliterated them in the final two. Yeah, but so did Croatia. That's annoying, that's the thing that annoyed me. Croatia went to the World Cup final and played like absolute Ass- idiots. They were terrible, yeah. and people and people have come back. I said, oh, they weren't that bad. I've watched the highlights many times. Croatia were pathetic on the day. Yeah, absolutely they were. pathetic. And I, I didn't think they had a better team than than what we had against them. It was it no, was a very a even. Was, team, I, would say. Was, I, was, I thought it was a very even affair, to be honest. Um, I, especially how, how half the players that we had playing on that 
yeah. tournament are playing now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think they've elevated, if yeah. more. But no, like, probably right, like, France would have beaten us, but you know, when you're in a tournament, you think you can, you start yeah. to believe and anything can happen. So when, yeah. like, the first goal went in, Trippier free kick, everyone was just like, you yeah. know, bouncing off the off I mean, the I think England can have their own ca- uh, uh, catalogue of heartbreaking World Cup moments. You've touched on the Ronaldinho free kick in 2002. Many penalties. Southgate penalty. Lampard, Lampard in 2010. Uh, Southgate was the Euros. Oh, my oh God. yeah. That actually, was the obsession yeah. with the Euros today. I was, We're talking about sorry. the World Cup. I was so <laughs> peed off with the Germany and England. Was it 4-1 at the end? Yeah. It should have been, it should have been a lot more respectable score. That was so over the line. Yeah. Do you remember? I was sharing pictures on my phone all the time. Like, uh, <laughs> how did the referee not my, see this? My, my favorite part is the Photoshop that makes like the line like a triangle to, to, <laughs> to take the ball out of the, the Germany the version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know how they like lines in it there. But England in 2010, <laughs> the 2010 World Cup, they were they're quite a poor side, and I feel like that was a fitting exit to the uh, World Cup at that time. Yeah. You know, they, they, that, what was the group stage when the nation booed them and Rooney said "f off" on the cameras against Algeria? Oh, yeah. yeah. It just it wasn't it a was good in team. Victoria, wasn't it? I remember. Yeah. The next I mean, that, I mean to highlight qualify. the. Point who scored in that 4 1? Matthew Upson. If Matthew Upson is the only person who could score in Germany, that team has uh, you know it's got problems. Uh, and Lampard, there's just an asterisk. Thing, so. But we, we, <laughs> we didn't play bad though, we didn't play bad, we didn't, we shouldn't have lost 4 1. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I like, still think that was actually that, that for me Sorry, was, was a low point. In order to last, regardless, yeah. let's be honest, yeah, but it should have been a lot more respectable. Uh, respectable. Well, I, don't, I don't know if you say that, yeah, I've been uh, lambasting them, but in football, that's not like that. If they make it 2 2. Then you could have a, mem- a momentum swing, and they could go into a night. And then we'd lose I, I the penalties. I don't think we would have done that. <laughs> I, yeah, Germany would have took it by yeah. the neck and just strangled England. And it's not like That's England would have gone to the final or anything for sure. Um, you know, they're just not that nation. But we'll never know. Well, we can always predict, and the next segment is going to be the Euro twenty twenty predictions because. Although the international break, you know, 2021, not yeah. everyone's cup of tea. It's in the middle of a pandemic at the moment. We finally got the full group stage for Euro 2020 set. So I'll just quickly go through group by group. And I know that there's a, um, with the 2020 format, you know, third best place team qualifies. But just talk me through who's going to be first and second in each group, really, rather than third place. So the first one, Group A, Turkey, Italy, Wales and Switzerland. How's that one going to shape up? Italy and Switzerland. Italy and Switzerland. Switzerland. I don't know. I would say Italy and Turkey. Turkey, yeah, man. Turkey, of course. Although Switzerland, I agree, have been really impressive recently. But could, I think the... Italy will qualify, but it'll be between Turkey and Switzerland. Yeah, but the way, the way Turkey have been developing their national team in the last yeah, couple of years. Have you, have you seen that and documentary? No, I haven't. I no love uh, for Wales and Hal robson Cohn, who's uh, challenging the spirit of uh, Johan Cruyff with a Cruyff turn. Man, that was lovely, that. Yeah. That, yeah, is, that has know. to be the best goal by the most mediocre player ever. You have to remember, Turkey's the only team to beat France in the uh, qualifiers as well, wouldn't they? Yeah. Sure. I believe so, yeah, I think they, they won 2-0 because uh, Turkey have developed a I bit mean, of a rep of getting clean sheets. I mean, they yeah, had an unbelievable defensive uh, I think they'll be a dark horse in that. Against Finland as well. So. I can see them going maybe as far as the course. I think, to, to be honest, the key match in that one will be Switzerland against Turkey. One, It'll be almost like a winner-takes-all yeah. match. In that Pretty one. much. They, yeah. they haven't had a bad run in the last 20 years, have they? They, they got into the 2002 quarterfinals? Semi-finals. 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 Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. you know, um, sw- uh, what's it called? Italy are not immune to an embarrassing international tournament. I don't that think is also true. I don't think yeah. they've got that much of a strong team. No, they're, but they have a strong core. I hope that Zaniolo's back by the time yeah. the tournament starts. He, he's yeah, great. Yeah, but like, he's, not, he's not a Perlo. He's not, like, he's not one of those legends that come on the scene. Like, you know, that Could it be the Sandro Tonali breakout tournament? <laughs> Tonali and Zaniolo, oof. If they if they do half as a good Italy have got a really good talent pool. Yeah, there, for sure. Yeah. They do, they do. And put uh, some like respect on Italy's name, you just saying before. Just yeah, put I mean, respect I on mean, it. I mean, so do we. Do you mean like it doesn't make yeah, a difference? Yeah, but Italy always flop. Switzerland have like 
they've got a decent team and they had uh, some they've good performances. Good, they've got a decent spine. Played well yeah. against Germany, to be fair. I saw the highlights, but I don't know. I just feel like I, 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 I kind of want Turkey to go through, so I'm kind of backing them to go through. Yeah. No, I want Turkey to go through as well, out of Turkey and Switzerland, but I think Switzerland has a better spine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, Group B looks a lot more even to me when I'm just reading the names. You've got Denmark, Finland, Belgium, Russia. Um, I mean, Ooh. Belgium sticks out already as the group winner. Denmark as well. Denmark? Well, I don't really yeah, think Denmark Schmeichel, are that impressive. Ericsson, they have yeah. some okay players, which you can go through. They, who do Finland have? Um, the geezer who plays for Norwich, what's his name? Timo Kuki. That guy, yeah. Oh. That filthy guy. Yeah. No, Finland are like an all-time high with their nation. I don't think they've ever been this good as a team. And if, Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they just beat France? Yeah, was it not yeah they did. The yeah, yeah, I just said that. It was in France? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Dad, yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't <laughs> oh, catch sorry. that, but... I think, to be honest, there's, on, there's definitely a dark horse potential in that group. And I think, you know, when you talk about the third best place team, I know we said, let's not talk about it. But I think it could come from this group. Imagine um, for them winning Euros. Come on. <laughs> Ru- Russia's an interesting one because uh, they had a pretty respectable showing in the World Cup. I know that they hosted it. And there was all these allegations that they looked fitter than the team with PEDs and all that kind of thing. Uh, it always it's, comes uh, with Russia, though, doesn't it? Like yeah. you know, Russian athletes, man. Yeah, but they say the same about Japan and Korea when Korea went to the semi-finals and got fresh. Oh, that, 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 that wasn't about yeah, that wasn't about not about doping, that, but yeah. more about referee match fixing, wasn't it? Mm. So you, know, you could believe it, you know, when you watch those highlights, you could believe it. Yeah, yeah. It we could talk about that yeah. on another podcast, I guess. The football conspiracy podcast uh, coming coming soon. Now, for me, I think when you look at that, you've got to give it to Belgium and Denmark. I think you're right. The two teams that jump out, Finland and Russia, definitely aren't going to be like um, pushovers, though. It's anyone's group. Mm-hmm. Now, Group C, uh, the Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, and North Macedonia qualifying Ooh. for their first ever international tournament. Is that just going to be a participation award for North Macedonia, do you think? Are they just going to be there to lose? Yeah. Definitely. I think like Hungary in that group. Is it? You know, Goran to. Pandev, he's still playing football. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Goran Pandev, and he's like... He's got respectable numbers, <laughs> isn't he? For, is it Genoa that he's playing at now? Yeah, so. I think so. Yeah. I said, Serie is just an Asian league, isn't it? You can be like I mean, Ibrahimovic, thirty nine, yeah, exactly. still dominating. Prime example. I think the Netherlands are finally on an upswing because they had a, a, f- a few dark years, didn't they? They didn't make. Uh, was it the Euros and the World Cup consecutively? They didn't make them, and you just never yeah, associate right. with the yeah. Netherlands. Yeah, Netherlands didn't make. Obviously, they lost. Losing Coleman and getting De Boer in though is that going to be a yeah, bit of a hammer blow for them? It might be, but I think they were. At least Coleman's a bit more organised. De Boer's a bit clueless. But they they've <laughs> actually benefited like probably the most team that's benefited from this whole pandemic, which sounds weird to say because they've got a lot. They had yeah. a lot of injured players that would have missed twenty. The pie was set to miss it with the ACL, yeah. wasn't he? Van Dijk's oh, no, he had made, well. made the return. In Van Dijk time, could make it back before next summer. Yeah, but is yeah. he going to be the I mean, same version Van Dijk was? Three one. I think it's still taking on the plane. Um, mm. And the way that they played football, they made Bosnia. I mean, there's a few times where Depay actually got like like fouled after he's given the ball away. I mean, they passed the ball away, and um, they they made Bosnia look like little kids. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's I not hard to smash Bosnia. The Bosnian football's not in a good state. Yes, they've got Pjanic and Jeko, but and, uh, they were stronger Klasenac, in 2014. Don't forget him, man. Kalasenac. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll move on to Group D. Sorry, actually, let's get some predictions on that one. So Netherlands, Ukraine. Austria and North Macedonia, who's your two? Netherlands and Ukraine. I agree. Ukraine? Shevchenko's doing a good job, man. Austria somehow turn up at a, a tournament and do well, though. They don't always look impressive, but Wait, they seem to have respect. Because they don't have the B-Tech Zlatan, what's he called? On Atomovich. Yeah, the yeah. B-Tech Zlatan. And then they have, what's his name? Shakir? No, I do, no, oh, Shakir plays for Switzerland. Oh, I'm on about. Alaba? Al- is it Alaba, wrong, not Austrian? I'm getting the wrong t- uh, country Alaba's in the Alaba's Austrian, isn't he? Alaba's Austrian, yeah. yeah. 
Hmm. And we've got Valentino Lazaro score of the Scorpion kick the other day. If anyone saw oh, that, oh my god, unbelievable! Man, that guy used to be in Newcastle on loan. What the heck? That's crazy. Yeah, he did all right. It's just Newcastle don't know a good thing when they've got it. So I, I thought he didn't play him too well. Yeah, considering. Now, uh, for me, I think that a toss-up between a Ukraine and Austria. And Ukraine's probably in the better shape, and you, I say they've got a nice story with Chevchenko as manager. Uh, so that'll be an interesting group to keep an eye out. The next one is more of a home nations group: England, Croatia again, Scotland, and the Czech Republic. Bit of an open group, but I think you'd fancy England. Maybe well, I didn't say top that because Croatia's in there. But England and Croatia jump out. Well, as England, definitely. Do you know Tran- Croatia aren't as good as they were in 2018? A lot of their team is aged. And look, put some respect on Dejan Lovren's name, right? Champions know, League finalist, the World Cup finalist. Don't disrespect no, but, him. No, but you have to, you have to admit, Croatia aren't where they were in 2018. No, they were The, the no. team's the aging. Um, yeah. Rebic was one, one of their best players for the 2018 World Cup, and now he's he's not nowhere. Right for Milan. Mm. Nobody right. remember. Look, a Croatian team's aging. Are they going to have? The phys- physical style go against other teams. Yeah, Perisic is gone. Yeah, I'd back England over Croatia these days. Oh, yeah. 100%. Can the but Scottish do any good in this tournament? Man, do I don't give a stuff about the Scottish right now, man. Oh, Ryan Christie's playing <laughs> well. It's a great them. story. Like, did you see the interview with Christie after yeah. they made it? Uh, yeah, it's fantastic for them. Hot woman. Crying every time. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you call it? Uh, you know, on transfer market, England are worth... Um, are rated the... Wor- uh, the uh, what's what's how, how can I say it? Our Their team most is valuable, valuable most, team. Yeah. Um, all the uh, just nations based on the player, playing. the players that just are being the called up, their transfer value. I don't know, obviously because yeah. it's English, and you, you add about fifty mil on it. Um, yeah, seventy mil, not fifty mil. Sean Longstaff completed one pass against Burnley, and he was rumored to it for a fifty million move. To Manchester <laughs> United. So for <laughs> man, I, I do agree the English premium. I mean, yeah, I can imagine. Re- I can imagine some though. agent saying, yeah. saying, "I've got this knockoff version. His little brother, Johnny, made in China." But for, for for what you say about England, it's good to mention the squad value because they do seem to have a better talent pool than ever, really. Um, I mean, maybe there's a bit of weakness in midfield, would you say? When you think yeah, about the likes of Har- Harry Winks, can someone tell me how Harry Winks plays football for the It's a weakness in the dugout. He, he's, like, he's like Spurs' version of Jesse Lingard. No, nah, he, nah, he's, he he's like a Michael Carrick for Spurs. Um, hey, Michael Carrick was infinite. Michael Carrick, Carrick was quality. What are you on about? He, he, he this guy's a, a Manchester United fan. He doesn't know nothing about Manchester United yeah, players. Come on, man. <laughs> my, my, Michael Carrick was the type of guy that you, you just... You know, he was always on the team sheet, but you never really saw what he did. Look, know. that's uh, James uh, Milner out of Michael Carrick. Get it right. He's definitely better than Winks, though. Definitely oh, yeah. um, the type of on. passing that uh, Carrick was yeah. capable of Wings dreams about it and then doesn't do it on the training no, pitch no come on man he's, he's alright he's not what that bad what do you guys bad. make of uh, Southgate recently then if, like from where Which you know, everyone was singing his the, name in 2018 and like the waistcoat memes but now it seems like people are turning on him they're getting a bit frustrated yeah, with the lineups. He, he, no, I've see, hang I up seen the him with that Italian article you know the the lining of the no nah, but like you know <laughs> everyone now like whenever the people are angry what, before what, the game what, even what, starts what, now what's happened what's happened why, why just the lineups he's putting up like just the, also people aren't people aren't happy with the five at the back they think yeah, the England should, should five go the for the throttle a bit more well look Gareth Southgate has tried a few different things with England and obviously he's trying to put his imprint on it the the players and the way they play and the way that they've adapted with their clubs he's trying to he's trying to like play around that. And Not just that. He's had, he's had a few things. Remember when? Obviously, I keep bringing up the love train because it was class and it worked. And I wish <laughs> more teams would do the love train, but it did work. And we started, you know, <laughs> uh, scoring a lot. No, of but set the pieces. thing is with it, with England, their limitations always show. And even now with Southgate, their limitations always right. show. Southgate's not doing a bad job. He's just got a crap defense. He has to cover it. Have you seen how bad Slabhead is? Like he's horrendous. Yeah, yeah, he's not uh, great. I like. think that's an emotional point of view. That's I think emotional. Like, it, he he it, looks okay in an England shirt, I have to say. Mm. 
He's very suspect. So, so sometimes Michael Keane. But if still, you look what, at the defenders England have, what, what happened good. in the last match? Like he, you know, he got sent off and Gareth Southgate didn't even look at him. Oh, that was in the previous international yeah, break. Yeah, it was, it was like oof. Well, for me, I'm gonna definitely put England and Croatia as the top two. Yeah, I think it's. And I, Scotland is a dark horse. <laughs> no one said a thing about the Czech Republic, so we're like, oh, therefore, they won't even play in the tournament. No one's mentioned the Czech Republic. <laughs> uh, they used to have a decent team back in the day. But two more. Who are the Czech Republic? <laughs> <laughs> two more. Two more groups. Uh, group E, which is. Spain, Sweden, Poland, and Slovakia. Now, Spain group winner there. I, I don't. I mean, Sweden, Poland, and Slovakia. I feel like three very equivalent level teams. I think Poland might even top it. I mm. think Poland's a good. Poland team. topping the group. They they are nah, not. A, they're not, not a the pretty they're international in. team. Yeah. Yes, Sweden, they've got the greatest Sweden striker out at the moment with uh, Lewandowski, but that's not enough. The there's the, the Polish team. I no, feel like they've, they've had better periods got, recently. They've, had, they've got decent players there. They've got. That geezer midfield plays for Napoli. I can't even remember his name now. Zielinski. That guy, yeah, yeah that filthy animal. Yeah, he's good. Uh, he's just a, a player I've seen on FIFA, but never seen in real life. So I, I can't really. Well, I know he, he was rumored against well going to Liverpool. Obviously, he went to Napoli and he's played against Liverpool quite yeah. a few times. So yeah, I've mean, seen him in action. Chesney in goal. I think it's I would back Sweden. Sweden. Yeah, I would, I would give it to the yeah, Swedes. I would back Sweden. Yeah. I'm backing the Polish. They were also the Milik only other team to beat France since they won the World Cup in a competitive game alongside Turkey. They beat them in the Nations League last year. I mean, if, if uh, Slovakia mm. called up Martin Dubravka. They could definitely uh, get, oh, get somewhere we'll, with that one. Oh, we'll Sorry, what was the question you just asked? No, I'm saying Sweden because they're all alongside Turkey, as we mentioned, yeah. the only other team to beat France in a competitive fixture oh, since yeah, they won I the see. World Cup. Yeah. You remember they, the Nations wait, who League does last Sweden, year? Who does Sweden have except Forsberg? Who else is there? Is it is Lind is Lindelof Swedish? Yeah, Lindelof yeah, Swedish. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, they have like a good. So they're out because Lindelof's crap. It, so is, <laughs> he can't is, defend. Is the Liverpool fan is showing in Newton. Is he coming back then? There's rumours of him. Zlatan, I don't think he wants nah. to. I think he's just teasing, to be honest. I don't think you should come back anyways. It's not It's not good for a Swedish team. Zlatan does not tease. <laughs> I think he's very straightforward, you know what I mean? I mean, when you talk about who Sweden have got, let's just look at their most recent lineup. see if there's any, you know, diamond stars in there. Marcus Berg is a very average striker. Oh, Dejan Kulisevsky, the Juventus winger. Oh. He, he's a very yeah. uh, hot prospect at the moment. That could change things. Sebastian Larsson is still playing in the international team. He must be like 43 by now. Uh, he, actually, he, he must just be on free kick dudes, man I used though. to <laughs> love watching his free kicks man you I mean, love watching a Mac and play when you're from he, Newcastle he, he, what uh, the heck let's I mean, be honest that's, that's on form for doubt what that's such a doubt <laughs> thing to do nah man I'm, I'm talking about when he used to play for Hull and Birmingham City oh yeah I'm sure you yeah, are not, not for Sunderland when he <laughs> was a free Larson. transfer the only, the only loss we love is Henrik Larsson right just to make that clear ex United player an ex-Barcelona uh, player, an ex-Celtic player. Looking through the Sweden squad, I know that they seem to be respectable on the international stage, but there's not much there. Alexander Isaac from Real Sociedad is a good striker, but there's there's not enough in that team, I don't think. Yeah, you'd probably, you probably could give it to Poland or Slo- uh, Slovakia, to be honest. Yeah, It should be an interesting group to watch, but I think this is a result of the expanding format of uh, the Euros, where a lot yeah. of the teams that probably wouldn't have made it are now you know, in these yeah, groups. Yeah, for together. sure. I mean, just to round it up with the last group, the appropriately named Group F with... Portugal, France, Germany, and then poor old Hungary complete the set. France and Portugal Group for me. Fucked. Group <laughs> <laughs> Fr- France, France and Portugal, Portugal for me. Yeah. Well, um, I, I mean, really I'm really impressed by those two teams when you watch them. I would Portugal play a class. Considering that Hungary is going to get whipped by everyone, those three teams will probably end up going through. Yeah, that's uh, what I was going to say. I think Germany yeah. will probably end up going through. So anyway. to be honest, that that's, that kind of is a very downer on the um, on the exactly, format because yeah. you had a potential of a giant yeah. uh, leaving the groups, but now you just think they're going to go through anyways. No, I do though because yeah, but they go through through playoff, isn't it? Yeah. No, no, it's no, no. Is that not how it I, works? I believe they just go, it's the best of f- four best place teams in the third place. I know that sounds really weird. I'll, I'll rephrase that. The, the four, four best. third best place teams. Yeah, they'll all go through. Who cares about Group F? Yeah. yeah. Hungry off. Just want to see some good matches, really. Yeah. So who tops that? France, Portugal, and Germany. Who tops that? 
France tops it for me. I don't think I think Portugal yeah, tops it. Portugal. Even though they lost against France mm, just recently. Two, three, yeah. two threes and one six, man. I don't think they'll... They know that they need to do enough to get past that stage. They'll start playing the youngsters, man. They're going to rest yeah. the players up so much. Uh, it's, the, it's, the long, it's the long game, isn't it? I don't think they will, you know. I think with Hungary in the group and the other teams also in there, they'll probably look at Hungary and think we need to smash these. Yeah, shot. for Hungary, I can't see any good players apart from that Dominic um, Sosbozlai. Yeah, nailed it. Yes. Um, but yeah, he, he's class on FM. If anything, that's to go by. Do you know what I mean? The last two seasons. Uh, it feels like uh, Red Bull Salzburg just have a, this uh, amazing player every season who will then move on to a big team and do well. Oh, the re- they have great scouting team around the world. Yeah. Obviously, thank uh, Ender, though, who do you think will actually win the whole tournament? The Euros? Euros. Yeah. Let's get our predictions. We'll, we'll figure out a reward i'm gonna make a bold prediction right now portugal gonna do back to back back to back oh. like drake <laughs> i'll need to call up Ed here for that um i think i'm gonna go with france and it's such an easy pick and an obvious pick but that's i just i can't see any other winner than uh, d- do do the easiest and obvious picks always win though well uh, I, I, both, I, that's both, my prediction both, both oh, they did it in 2018 tell us yours then Doug. Yeah. is it gonna be england i'm gonna say england three lions on the shirt i'm gonna say england it's coming home. Zero years of hurt after they win it. After 2020, I need something to believe in, yeah. so it's coming home. Yeah, I th- yeah. <laughs> England. <laughs> you want to say yes, but I you want know to that. say England, yeah. right? And I, like, but we have to be, kind of be realistic as well. Though, do you know what I mean? Um, I think it, it's luck, isn't it? At the end of the day, like we, we could have another 66. Oh, all luck though. I mean, every time I go to a tournament, I'm like, yeah, England are gonna like absolutely smash out the park. I mean, they should progress past the group at least. Oh yeah, hopefully not doing. Look, Roy Iceland's not in it, so yeah, not doing. Roy okay. Those, that clap from Iceland, just you know. The thing is though, now with the Euros, I wonder if it's going to be in time with crowds. Like, will crowds be back allowed by then? I hope Ooh, so. Man. That might make a football. big difference. Yeah, football it would be a, ter- a terrible shame. Well, where is that actually being hosted? Not in a specific. Well, place, is it? to be fair, I know it was. This was going to be the Euros with all the cities, wasn't it? And now they're talking about re. Well. Not changing the whole setup, but I think I heard, a bit. No, I heard the rumor the other day that it was going to be set maybe just in the UK, which would be very interesting. Oh, no way. Yeah. If that's the case. Nothing solid, but just as a rumor, really. No, yeah. I actually really, like, I remember when it was announced ages ago. I think I might have been in a uni lecture when I read that the Euros were announced. That in multiple cities. Be, yeah, multiple cities. Yeah. And everyone was like, on their reactions, hated it. I absolutely loved that idea. I loved that idea as well. I thought it was a great way to celebrate the, like, the history of the competition. Yeah, I but mean, wait—is it just for yeah. this competition? I, yeah, it was just I, a one-off because oh, I think it's a special. Right. Is it the fiftieth? No, not the fiftieth. So I'm, sure. I'm not no, too sure. I'm not too sure. I kind of like the idea of like you know where they go into the tournament and you find out more about the country and yeah, all I, that I'm, aspect. I'm I really that. like that. It's not that it's a bad idea, but I much prefer like focusing on a host nation or a host d- two nations. Yeah, and getting to know their culture it and the features that they always do. Inspires them to do better as well. well. I don't know about that. You can you can talk about the negative ramifications of hosting a tournament. You can talk about. Not just that, but the South Africa story as well. Oh, but true. that's a deep topic that, well, you know, we could actually uh, speak about it in some future podcasts. Uh, you know, we'll see. But I think this one is uh, running this course, uh, run its course for today. Yeah. Thanks a lot for joining me, lads. And as always, don't forget to check out the socials. Uh, you know, you've got the Dressing Room Nine on Twitter and Instagram, and the YouTube channel just the Dressing Room. And Doubt if you'd like to plug where they can fi- listen to the podcast. Yeah, you can all go on um, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Um, I did say on the last episode to give us a rating um, and if you could give us a rating on all the ones that you can do and if you could email us on thedressingroom9 at gmail.com with any feedback, suggestions, comments uh, we'd love to hear um, and I'll hopefully be releasing 
few of the episodes on youtube um and you can obviously get in touch with us in the comment section there as well so yeah thank you brilliant thanks a lot guys cheers cheers